to Alumni Conversations. What you're about to hear is a Facebook Live conversation that took place between members of our Laterno community and our alumni. These bi-weekly conversations dive into stories from our time as students at Laterno University and the years that followed. Originally founded by R.G. and Evelyn Laterno in the mid-1940s, Laterno University is a comprehensive institution of Christian higher education where educators engage learners to nurture Christian virtue, to develop competency and ingenuity in the professional fields, to integrate faith and work, and to serve the local and global community. We claim every workplace and every nation is our mission field, and so Laterno University graduates are professionals of ingenuity and Christ-like character. They see life's work as a holy calling with an eternal impact. Welcome to Alumni Conversations. Hi, I'm Daniel Ossendorf, the Director of Alumni Engagement here at Laterno University. Thanks so much for joining me for this week's Alumni Conversation. You see, part of my job is to connect with over 25,000 alumni who are spread around the world. As we celebrate our 75th year this year, we've got so many stories and so many incredible alumni who are doing everything from loving their neighbor really well to inventing world-changing um, parts that are, are changing industries across the globe. Well, today I get to sit down with a guest, Reverend Rodney McFarland, a 2013 graduate who's been a pastor for the last five years in Brooklyn, New York, but before that pastored here in Longview and now has moved to Lexington, Kentucky. And I just love getting to sit down with Rodney and hear his heart for the Lord and, and this difference between calling and career. And I think you're really going to enjoy our conversation. So I hope you'll stick around for that. Well, before that, I want to share a, a few exciting updates from me for, from campus and let you know about some things coming up. So I'm gonna pull that up for us. Well, we're in season two of Alumni Conversations. So if you missed season one this fall, check it out. Look, search for LETU Alumni Conversations in your favorite podcast app, or look here on Facebook uh, under our videos, and you'll see the conversations from this past fall. But here in season two, what we're doing is we're sitting down with a single individual for a bit longer of a conversation to hear more of their story, both of their time at Laterno and what God's had them doing since. So I hope you'll check those out if you haven't already. Some of the exciting news to share with you today is that we have um, a new president on campus. Dr. Stephen Mason was appointed the newest and seventh president of Laterno University this last Monday. Dr. Mason has been with us for 15 years. He started as a professor of theology and taught our students there and then moved into administration and has overseen the academic affairs of the university so well, shepherding our faculty and bringing new faculty on. And now he's moving this position of university president. Well, a huge and hearty congratulations to Dr. Mason and his family. I couldn't be more excited uh, for them to be in this role leading our university in the years ahead. When my wife and I came to Laterno seven, eight, well, almost eight years ago, actually eight years ago this April to interview as a history professor, my time with Dr. Mason with his wife, Bonnie, was one of the sweetest times and over the last seven years has just continued to be one of those hallmarks of my time here. So I can't wait for even more people to get to meet Dr. Mason and for him to engage with our faculty and our staff and our students and continue to minister in that way. I know his heart is to love, to serve well and to glorify God. And I can't um, wait for you to meet him. So look for opportunities over the next year, year and a half, especially during our 75th year to hear more from Dr. Mason. So keep an eye out for that. Well, our next update, we had our, we celebrated our 75th anniversary of our first day of prayer last Thursday. And what a sweet evening it was. There was a rain, uh, a thunderstorm that came in and knocked out power to half the building for part of our time. But apart 
even in the midst of that, we had such a sweet time with a few hundred students and faculty and staff and community members worshiping the Lord, hearing from two of our graduates and praying for Letourneau, for our community, for our students, for our faculty and staff as we look forward to the next 75 years. But we know the impact this university is going to have has to start with prayer because it's the impact God's going to do and what he's going to do through this university, not what we can do in our own strength. Well, I wanted to share a story with you. We had really hoped that Councilman Ray Wade was going to be able to join us, but unfortunately he had gotten his second vaccine shot the day before, and it just laid him flat, and he was unable to join us that evening due to that. So he called me up the week after to just say, hey, I'm sorry I wasn't able to make it, and he told me the coolest story, and I wanted to share this with you because I think it's a little glimpse into how our students and our alumni in this university make an impact not only here in Letourneau, but in the cities you guys have gone to in really significant ways. So when Ray Wade was in high school and junior high, he lived close to campus. And so he happened to be on the bus route of a Longview ISD bus driven by a Letourneau student. So every morning he got picked up and every afternoon he get dropped off. And over time, he got to meet them and got to know them. And they got to know him. Well, at the end of, of one school year, they invited him to go to Frontier Christian Camp with him. And he went with them with several other uh, Letourneau students. And he looks at that moment in his life as being a pivotal moment in his faith of following Christ. And I just love that. Here's a Letourneau student looking for a, a job to help um, that they could do while they were students. And in that job, they were loving these students well. That relationship invited Ray Wade to a camp and God used that in an awesome way. And now Ray Wade has not only been to Japan and speaks Japanese fluently and is making a difference around the world, but he is serving South Longview District 3 so faithfully. So we're super excited for him. And I love that little connection between a Letourneau student and our local council member. Well, I wanna invite you to take part with us in a couple upcoming events. We have two upcoming events. Uh, Sandy Patty will be here on Wednesday, April 14th, and We Are Messengers will be here a few days later on Saturday, April 17th. Both of these concerts will be in the Belcher, and as Letourneau alumni, faculty, staff, and students, you are, um, you can take advantage of a 25 to 30% discount. Um, look for the Letourneau alumni discount as you check out. There's a limited number of tickets there, so if they go, uh, then you'll be buying with the regular price. But we hope you'll take advantage of that. It's gonna be a great evening, both on Wednesday and then on Saturday night to celebrate, and we hope you'll join us for that. Well, that's all the announcements for today. Um, if you got any questions, feel free to pop those in the comments below. Let me know where you're watching from, um, but as, yeah, so please do that, and let's transition now <coughs> into our conversation. Sorry. Well, last week, we had a great time uh, with the Day of Prayer, and I especially enjoyed my time with Rodney McFarland and David Eaton, two graduates who came and were our guest speakers in chapel and then spoke on Thursday night as well. Well, while they were here, I had the chance to sit down with both of them to have a conversation. And so what you're about to see is that conversation with Rodney, where we got to sit down and talk through his story, how he came to Letourneau, what his experience at Letourneau was like, and then how he ended up in Brooklyn, New York after that, and what God's doing there. If you'll watch through the end, you'll actually hear about a song that he wrote and recorded while in New York in the midst of the pandemic. As you know, New York City was the epicenter of the COVID-19 pandemic in the United States initially. So here he is ministering in New York in the midst of a pandemic, and he writes a song. And the song has such a beautiful message. I hope you'll stick with this till the end of the interview. Now, I have to give an apology up front. I'm learning to do interviews better and, and well, and I talk way too much in this interview. So my apologies for that. Um, I still think Rodney shares some great things, uh, but it's a, a learning opportunity for me as well. So let's move on to that conversation with Rodney McFarland 
I hope you'll enjoy this and, and it'll be a great um, encouragement for you as it was for me during our time together. Rodney, thanks so much for being with me today. Um, it's been great to have you. You got to speak in chapel yesterday, and that was just such a sweet time getting to meet Keontae and have him there with you. The challenge you gave our students was awesome, that our God does incredible things. And through prayer, will we trust him for those things, and do we follow him faithfully? And I love that. So thanks for being with us this week for this day of prayer as we look back on God's faithfulness. <laughs> I know you've got a full plate. You've got grad school you're working on. You've got a family back home. You've got a new church you're leading. So thanks for taking this week out and being with us. It's good to have you back on campus. One of the things I'd love to hear is, how did you end up at Letourneau? I know you're from Louisiana, so you're not that far away, but still, of all the places you could have gone, why Letourneau? Yeah, uh, you know, well, I want to say thank you for uh, having me. It's, uh, it's been so refreshing uh, to be here on campus. Uh, so many memories uh, have come through my mind, even as I'm sitting down having this conversation, uh, preparing for this. But, uh, you know, this, uh, as I think about what brought me to Laterno, I have to define it in one word, okay. and that is calling. Okay. Um, in 2009, uh, I was serving an intern for my father okay. um, on a mortuary business, McFarland Funeral Services. And Monroe, Louisiana, right? Yeah. Is that home? Okay. Yeah, there okay. in Monroe. So Monroe. Okay. And um, I had an opportunity to preach uh, for a youth day in Treeport, Louisiana. Okay. And uh, a deacon at a church in Longview uh, happened to be in that service. Uh, Oh, so they came over for the service. Yeah. And you're, you're a guest speaker. Okay. Yeah. And he, he heard me minister that day. And, uh, you know, normally after church, people come and greet you and shake your hand. Uh, oh, I miss that so much. Uh, and uh, he gave me, uh, he asked me for a card. And uh, a few days later, he called me and said, hey, I'm Deacon uh, Walter Allen uh, here at the Hebrew Baptist Church. I met you at the service in Shreveport. And he said, uh, our church is looking for a pastor. Are you oh, interested wow. in pastoring? Oh, my and goodness. So at this time, I'm 20 years old, <laughs> uh, serving an intern for my dad's funeral home, thinking okay. that, uh, you know, that that's, you know, where I'm going to end up, you know, working in the funeral right. business. Uh, I'll serve in churches. I'll preach as I can. But the funeral service is probably my calling. Yeah. Calling my dad. Okay. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I in that conversation, I said, uh, I don't know if I'm interested in pastoring. But he said, well, will you come in and preach for us? And so that was my trip to Longview. Uh, and at the time, I was already going to uh, uh, University of Louisiana at Monroe, okay. Okay. Uh, ULM. And, and uh, I was somewhat all over the place about what I wanted to major in. Okay. At this time, I'm so already... So being a pastor was not... When you got to 20, it wasn't a clear calling yet that no. this is where God was calling you. Right. Okay. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm, I'm uh, pursuing my undergrad and... I'm majoring in criminal justice at the time. Oh, wow. Okay. Not sure why I picked that. Okay. Uh, but uh, got a chance to come out here to Longview to preach. Okay. And uh, they asked me to come back a few more times. Okay. And then in February of 2010, okay. uh, they called me. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. So this is kind of a year-long process where he's here, heard you speak in Shreveport. Mm -hmm. They've had you out. You've gotten to know them a little bit. They've gotten to know you better. Mm -hmm. In 2010, you get the call. Yeah, 2010, I get the call, and so uh, I stayed, uh, I commuted for uh, a while okay. from Monroe Ooh, uh, to Long Beach. That's a to commute each way? Yeah, two and a half hours each wow. way. so on a Sunday morning, you're leaving the house at like 
Yeah. 4 a.m., 5 a.m.? Uh, well, not that early. Not that early, okay. <laughs> but uh, around uh, 7.30, just to make sure I was there wow. in time okay. uh, for Sunday school and uh, okay. Sunday service. Okay. And um, I moved to Longview around May of 2010. 2010. Okay. And so as the fall semester was coming up, I, I had to land on the school. I didn't want to continue in Monroe, going back right. and forth that to Monroe. Right, that And you knew you didn't um, want to stop going to school. You wanted to finish that degree. Yeah, okay. yeah. And so at this time, you know, I'm still thinking about what do I want to major in? You know, because I really just stayed in school just to keep my head busy. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah. um, but, at, but at the same time, uh, coming to Longview, it was either Wiley College, which okay. I knew was a Christian college. Yep. It was a few. Mar Marshall, so you're a 45-minute commute away. Yeah. Okay, so that was an option. And uh, then Laterno. Okay. And so, of course, um, while I was searching, I set out that fall semester just trying to figure out where, what I wanted to do. Okay. And uh, when I finally came to Laterno, this was 2010. Okay. So that fall the, the, 2010. Yeah. Okay, I'm just going to check it out. I know it's a possibility, but we'll see. Yeah. And so when I got here, uh, I can't remember the, the lady's name. She, uh, she advised me. She walked me through, um, told me how much it would cost. And, and when I saw the cost, I, I knew immediately inside. Uh, no, nope, that's it, Lord. <laughs> Thanks for that closed door. <laughs> this is not the place for me. Right. And so when I told her, uh, oh, I don't think I could do that, mm -hmm. uh, she, let, she, she closed down her computer. And, and this is seriously what I remember. She closed down her computer and said, let me show you around campus. Mm. She stopped everything she was doing, walked me around campus. I mean, sh showed me every building. Wow. And by the time she finished and showed me, showed me that kind of hospitality, mm -hmm. I forgot all about cost. Wow. And all I could think about was, this is it. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so what I love about your story, Rodney, is it's not... There's a clarity now, but there wasn't a clarity then. It was yeah. like, Lord, I just want to be faithful. So I'm be faithful to preach in Treeport. Then there's this conversation with this church. I don't know anything about it. I don't even know Longview. I mean, I've never been to Longview probably. Yeah. I would guess. Lord, I'm just going to faithfully sort of take this step by step. You get here, but again, not a clear like, oh, I'm going to Longview to go to Laterno. You come to Laterno and I'm like, oh, Lord, I'm not sure. And, and I think that experience of seeing the sticker price and wondering, Lord, I don't think that's reasonable. Right. Or I don't think I can... I don't think I can afford that, nor I can't see how that story would work. There's so many places where God was leading you each step of the way, and he didn't show you the whole picture, but you just were faithful to say, okay, God, right. I'm going to take this step. I'm going to find out more about Hebron. I'm going to find out more about Laterno. Close the door if you want to. Open the door if you want to. But it was just that. Okay, so a clear calling to Hebron, and that's mm -hmm. 2010. Then a clear calling to Laterno is the place to be. Yeah. Start here spring 2011? Yeah. Okay, did you know then what you were going to study? So uh, Christian ministry, once I saw that um, I could get a, a degree in Christian ministry, okay. I was already preaching. Okay. Uh, and just to go back, I've been preaching since I was 16. Wow. Okay. And so by this point, you've been preaching for four or five years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've been preaching for four or five years. And uh, I did obtain an associate degree in funeral service. So that was okay. a two-year okay. uh, college. So uh, just pursuing education, I knew I wanted to get to seminary to pursue my, my master's. So I had to okay. get a bachelor's in something. Okay. And so when I saw, uh, out of Wiley College in Laterno, Wiley College, I could major in religion, and that okay. didn't really speak to me. Okay. And when I saw that uh, Laterno had Christian ministry, uh, that spoke volumes to me. Okay. Uh, 
you know, decide, uh, beside the fact that the cost was like, oh. <laughs> right. But, if the cost is out of the picture and yeah. you had to choose between those two, yeah. Christian ministry felt like it was more in line with what God yeah. gave you a heart for. And yeah, and after I looked at okay. the curriculum, you know, I walked through all that, okay. and I said, yeah, this, this is more like it. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so Christian ministry, um, so you've got a lot of clarity in that. That was an important year. Mm -hmm. That kind of 2010, 2011 year, clarity on where you're going to be, on what you're going to study, Okay, so you're here. Tell us about your experience at Laterno. So, okay, Lord, I'm trusting you to provide. I know the major. Mm -hmm. What was it like to be here for a couple of years? So, I tell you this, the first semester was weird. You know? <laughs> it was weird because I had I had to adjust. Okay. Um, I had to adjust. Of course, going to my first college was the HBCU, mm -hmm. you know, um, coming to Laterno, it's an international student. Yeah, it's a really different uh, world. Yes, it's a yeah. really different world. So, you know, being... Being in a class where, you know, you're the only African-American student, you know, wondering how you're going to sound, what you're going to say. Right. And you know? coming from Monroe, Louisiana, you're like, a lot of these are people from Texas or a different state. Yeah. Like, there just were a lot of reasons you could feel like a fish out of water. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so the school really had to grow on me. Okay. Um, I think uh, I my, my first semester, I wanted to quit because I didn't know if I really fit in, you know. Okay. Sure. And, and that's just how, you know, I felt until yeah. I actually made some friends. Right. Uh, actually uh, sat down and talked to some people, okay. spent more time on campus because okay. normally I would take classes and, and just leave yeah. and then right. come back yeah. and take classes. Because you're a commuter at this point, you're working at the church, mm -hmm. so you're just here to get that degree yeah. initially. Okay. Yeah, but but it got better. You okay. know, I, I, would, I would have to say that my time at Eterno, uh, it, it turned like this, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, I, I was here for two full years. Okay. But I felt like I was here for four years. Oh, wow. Just the amount of time uh, that I spent here on okay. campus. I ended up, uh, my wife and I at the time, ended up moving uh, into marriage housing. Oh, wow. Uh, so you actually, not only were you commuting initially, and like that first semester was really hard. Yeah. You get plugged in, and then you actually moved to campus. Yeah, my last semester, oh, we, my we, we, moved, we moved to campus. Well, my last year. Last year, okay. We moved to marriage housing, and we had one daughter at the time. Okay. And, um, you know, I became a part of the community. And so, uh, but, but as I just think about the journey, you know, at Laterno, um, my, my professors, even though I was a pastor, they allowed me to be a student, you know. Okay. They took the pressure off of me because as a pastor, being in a Christian ministry major, I always thought I had to come to class knowing everything because I'm already serving as a pastor. Right. I'm already serving people. Yeah. And so, uh, and at church, you're seeing you're wearing that mantle. Yeah. So people are coming you, at you with questions, and you do feel like you need to have answers. For yeah. Them. So here's a place where you feel like that's still that pressure still is there. Right. Okay. And and you know they they allowed me to you know you always have to do devos mm -hmm. you know at yep. the yep. So. Yep. Uh, so I get up trying to do a Devo, trying to be super deep and pastoral. <laughs> and uh, that was the time when I was trying to break down a parable, and I really jacked this parable up. Okay. It just all kind of fell apart. Yeah, I mean, okay. I just didn't look at it right. I was, oh, you know, no. trying to make too many points out of okay. a parable. Okay. And, and I remember getting embarrassed in love. Oh. Embarrassed in love. Okay. You know, okay. so I say that, embarrassed in love. love. I love that. You know, like, what does that mean, embarrassed in love? Like, it was a place you felt safe. And you knew they loved you, but it was still embarrassing because yeah. you knew you'd kind of drop the ball. Yeah, I, I messed the whole okay. thing up, you know. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's that's where I was able to take the mask off, you know, and just be a student mm -hmm. and be corrected. Okay. Uh, and, and that blessed my heart, you know. Uh, but also, fun, some funny parts, you know, a, after I made some friends, 
um, you know, we, we used to go to lunch off campus a lot. Okay. And so, yeah. you know, me being an African American, I've I've never eaten guacamole. <laughs> <laughs> Never ate avocado. And half of our diet here is Tex-Mex. <laughs> so all of a sudden, oh man. So, so you know, I got I to gotta introduce the culture a little okay. bit here okay. uh, with stuff I didn't normally eat. But, um, you know, amazing conversation. I think uh, uh, one, one point I want to draw on, uh, my hardest semester was my first semester, but it's one that had a long-term effect on me because oh, wow. I, I, had, I had to take a leadership class. Okay. And uh, I always thought that the professor didn't like me oh. for some reason. But when we ended that class, he gave me three things. The entire class, he gave us all three different uh, things. He gave okay. us a shepherd's staff. Okay. He gave us a baton. Huh. And he gave us a compass. Okay. You know, as a shepherd's staff, you know, you're a leader. Mm-hmm. You know. And, and leading I, doesn't mean holding it over people, it means caring yeah, for the people. Yeah, okay. and then he gave us a baton. You're always passing it forward. You know, mm-hmm. whatever you're doing, you're passing it forward. Oh, wow. And then he gave us a compass to know that God will always guide you, mm-hmm. you know. And, oh, that's cool. Uh, you know, those, those, three, yeah. those three gifts uh, stuck with me, mm-hmm. you know, and, and those are some things that helped guide me through my journey here at Laterno. And, and one of the most memorable uh, uh, memories I have is going to Israel, you okay. know, um, my my last semester here, I got a chance to go to the place where Jesus was, and uh, I, I I cherish that because I read the Bible differently forever now. <laughs> Absolutely, because all of a sudden it's not, man, Jesus walking through Monroe, Louisiana. It's Jesus walking through Jerusalem, and you've seen Jerusalem. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. Okay, so I mean, so much there. I had never heard that story about a professor who gave the three gifts in the leadership class. Mm-hmm. What a cool way to end that class. Yeah. Um, the, the study abroad in Israel, so glad you got to go, because I've gone twice with Dr. Rakowski, and man, what powerful trips those are. Amazing. For the students and for the staff, to be honest. The Amazing. Yeah. yeah. It was a lot of pressure, though, you yeah. know, because, you know, and when you're sightseeing and then it's an academic trip, uh, yeah. you have to write papers. It's a lot. I mean, you're going all day, and then yeah. you get back to your hotel room, and you're writing papers, you're reading books. Yeah, so that's the only thing I say. If it was just a, a trip <laughs> just to see, yep. you know, maybe I would have enjoyed it a little, a little bit more. more. But, but even with the pressure, it, it made it uh, all the more great to be okay. there. Yeah. Even though it was so, you were exhausted by the end of it. So I was super I, exhausted. I believe that we all are. Okay, so I got a question for you. One of our, um, we've got a new strategic plan that's rolling out as a university, and one of them is to think more intentionally and more theologically and just more attentively to minority groups. Mm-hmm. So whether it's, you know, we're, we've always been a predominantly male population, and we've got a lot more females on campus, but how are we caring for that part of our community? We've got international students. They're about 10% of our population. How are we living on them? African-American students. We're a predominantly white campus. So what, looking back on your time, is there one thing that we did well, and what's one way we could continue to grow as a community in those two things? Is that something you'd be willing to share? Uh, well, you know what? I, I, really, I really don't have a, a clear-cut answer. And that's why. Um, I, just, I just think that um, we have to continue to open our arms, mm-hmm. uh, continue to see what the needs are. Uh, you know, uh, every... every um, Every, every race have different needs, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, males and females okay. have different needs. Yeah. Uh, people learn differently. Mm-hmm. And I just think that uh, we all have to be flexible okay. uh, to see what the need is and know that what one person needs may not be what the other person needs. So the um, idea of loving our neighbor 
in that intentional way means getting to know them well enough to realize what they need. Yeah. And to understand their story's different, their background's different, what they need as a result yeah. be different. Is that fair to say? Sure. Okay, okay. Okay, thanks. Well, I'm really glad, I'm glad you stuck with it. Um, I know the reality is that those, those first semesters are hard for all of our students and even more for those who feel like they're a fish out of water at mm -hmm. times. So I'm glad that that turned and ended up being <laughs> a really sweet time. I'm glad God brought you here because um, you not only had an impact on campus while you were here, but you've continued to minister to us. And yeah. For that. Okay, so we found out how you got to Letourneau. We found out um, about your time here. Um, I know that Dr. Rakowski just adores you. I mean, when I talk to him, he thinks so highly of you. Yeah. So you had him for Greek. Did Greek kick, kick your tail, or did you enjoy so, it? So I actually, you know, I, I never took him for Greek. Oh, you did? Yeah. You got to okay. You got to miss that piece. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, so he was the he was the harder. Okay. Uh, Greek you knew kid. he was going to be the tough one. Okay. <laughs> but but you know that's that's just the way the chips fell. Now I happened to be in Dr. Kelly leaving good Greek. He was teaching okay. Greek class at the time, and so okay. I stuck with him for four semesters. Okay. Yeah, yeah but Dr. Rakowski and I, of course, his. Uh, uh, they both uh, spent some time in uh, Louisiana, uh, LSU graduate. Yep, yep. Uh, so of course, with me being from Louisiana, you know, we always had that connection. That connection. And then when awesome. I went to Israel, he was uh, my uh, cross-cultural professor for okay. that. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, kudos to you. I made it through two semesters of Greek, and my second semester was the lowest grade I had in college, and I was done. <laughs> I'm like, peace out. I'm done. So way to stick with it. Um, okay, so. That was your experience. You got to Letourneau, your experience at Letourneau. Um, then where'd you head after you graduated? What's the next piece of your story? So, you know, this is amazing that to, to get a degree in Christian ministry uh, with a concentration in leadership, I thought, well, surely, now that I've spent this time in, uh, at Letourneau, mm -hmm. the church that I was serving, yeah. hey, we're ready to take off. You know, we're ready to go to the next level. Yeah. Uh, so. Hebron Baptist Church was a uh, was a church in the rural rural okay. community, okay. Uh, five miles outside of uh, the city limits of okay. Longview, still considered Longview. Okay. And um, you know, I wanted to use my degree to to my advantage at this point, thinking, hey, I've invested, I've learned a lot about leadership. Now that I'm kind of free of school a little bit. I'm ready to try all this out, you know, on mm -hmm. on the church. Now it's time time to apply it. I'm gonna go out. and I'm gonna use what I just got. Okay. And and to my surprise, uh, the church was not where I was, mm -hmm. you know. But um, you know, at this time, travel began to open up. Okay. Uh, and so uh, I began to uh, minister regionally. I would drive wow. everywhere preaching. Okay. Um, God, services, some opportunities for either filling a pulpit yeah. or hey, we're doing a special it, revival. Yeah, would you come speak? Yeah. That kind of idea. Yeah, okay. yeah. And I and I took a semester off. Okay. And I had planned to start uh, my MDiv degree. Oh wow. Uh, down the road. So you love learning. I mean, yeah. it feels like this is just a drive for you. Like I enjoy learning. I want to keep learning. I want to keep my mind busy. Yeah. Okay. So I took I took a semester off, just to kind of give myself a break. And, um, you know, I wanted to apply my degree fully to the church, uh, but, you know, they were not there, okay. you know. Right. Uh, you, have, you had uh, people, great people there, you know, but they were really the Sunday and Wednesday congregation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they were just not used to doing a lot of things outside of the church. And then uh, I didn't have the 
organizational management skills to get them there. To you know? rally them as a group, to get yeah. them past that vision, yeah. get them to follow. Because when your church yeah. is in the country, you know, you, you're, always, you're also trying to figure out where is our community? Mm. You know, yeah. when, when homes are at a distance, yeah. you know. You're not uh, walking out the door of the church and you're in right. the middle of a city or you're in the middle of a town. Right. You're walking out the door of the church and it's just right. farmland or right. roads. Okay. And, and so pastoring there, mm-hmm. uh, I was there now at this point for three, four years. Okay. And, uh, you know, we had grew a little bit, you know, within that first year, second year. And then I was at a standstill. You know, I was at a place of a standstill. I kind of felt like you'd pla- the church had plateaued. Yeah. You'd plateau. You're like, Lord, I just don't know what to do. And so at, okay. this, at this point, you know, um, God still kept me busy. Okay. I started ministering uh, in other places throughout, throughout the week. Okay. Uh, doors began to open up. Mm-hmm. And then um, I, started, I started 2014 in the fall okay. uh, at Southwestern. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so I started pursuing the MDF journey. I was yes, still, and okay. of course, still driving. You were, okay, uh, I was going to ask, was this yeah. online or you're driving? Now yeah. you're commuting to Southwest. So now we're commuting. They had an all oh, Mondays, man. Uh, all Mondays program. Okay. So I was trying to do that, burning myself out. Oh, man. And, and in 2014, uh, I'm a part of the National Baptist Convention, okay. USA. Okay. At 24, I'm 24 years old at the time. You're a pastor. You got your degree. You're mm-hmm. in MDiv. You're a dad. You mm-hmm. got kids. You're a husband. Yeah, Whew. yeah. Okay. And so, at National Baptist Convention, uh, they had a board meeting okay. in in Birmingham, Alabama. Oh wow. And uh, here I am driving uh, to Alabama because okay. I wasn't flying yet. yet. Right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I drove eight hours to preach in the national convention. Wow. And I'm 24 years old. I'm shaking in my boots. Yep. Uh, but it's people from all over the country mm-hmm. that come to these board meetings. Okay. And I got exposed to the national body. So now I'm pastoring, still pastoring a rural church. I'm preaching on the national stage. Mm-hmm. And God gave me some exposure. Wow. So it was in 2014 where, you know, uh, uh, some people would say, say if you preach in the national convention now you are a national preacher now you're uh, automatic <laughs> right <laughs> and, but but that gave me some exposure okay. and and little did i know who was in the room mm. and uh while, mm-hmm. well go ahead now yeah. and, and so while i'm you know uh, thinking about you know the church is not ready to take off mm. you know now preaching has taken off yeah. now i've had an opportunity to preach in a national body mm. uh more people uh that have that have been exposed to my preaching ministry uh, it was uh, uh, one year later uh, that someone had recommended my name uh, to a church in Brooklyn, New York, who was wow. vacant. Who they, uh, they were looking for a pastor, okay. and uh, you know, preaching, you know, has taken me through this whole entire journey. journey right? You know, and um, both the humbling moments, but also the pretty amazing, memorable moments. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. So, you know, huh. um, while working on my MDiv there in, uh, in Fort Worth, you know, driving back and forth, I get this call uh, from a pastor who serves in the National Convention. He says, hey, man, uh, there's a church in Brooklyn. They're mm-hmm. looking for a pastor. I just recommended you to the search committee. Is it okay if they call you? Now I'm shaking in my boots. Like, if you okay. were shaking on the drive to give one talk at a national convention, now it's even more so like, yeah. New York, what? This church I don't right. even know? Yeah, <laughs> right. okay. gotcha. And, and so, you know, and so from there, um, I took the call. Um, and, um, you know, I sent the resume. I got the recommendation letters. I, I went to New York to preach. And uh, they brought me back a second time. And after that, you know, 
uh, next thing you know, I was moved to New York. And at this time, 2015, we had two kids. My wife and I had two wow. kids. And so um, our second daughter was only eight months, you know. Oh, and we're moving. Across the country. Yeah, To moving. a place you've never lived. Don't know anyone. Don't know anyone. Wow. And, and it was literally the Abraham move, you know. Because okay. uh, you're, you're moving from the Earl of the Chaldeans and you're going. To a land you don't know. It's not a land you're from. It's not a land. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, wow. And yeah. like that, you're like, okay, God, we don't know what community looks like, what home looks like, what family. Like, we have no idea. And we're just going to trust you as we head that way. Mm -hmm. So, one of the things I'm struck by, Rodney, is if it, in, you spoke in Shreveport back in 2010, and it was just, Lord, you give me this opportunity. I want to be faithful to preach and preach yeah. well here. Mm -hmm. And this person, you had no idea, was in the audience, heard you preach. Mm -hmm. And God used that to open a door to come to Hebron and then to Letourneau. Then you preach in Birmingham. Again, Lord, you've given me this opportunity. I want to be faithful to, to use it well. Mm -hmm. And a person in the audience, you had no idea would be, well, and you had no idea what that would, door would open, said, hey, I'll recommend your name, and God use that. I think what I'm struck by running is is how you're, it's just choosing to be faithful in the moment that God gives us and trusting him to write the story afterwards. Sure. Because you had no idea that Hebron would be a part of that story after Shreveport or New York. Um, and as I think about our alumni, especially our recent grads, who maybe are struggling with, mm -hmm. I can't find the job I want, or God, what doors are you going to open? I just think there's such encouragement in your story to be faithful with the opportunities God does give them, mm -hmm. trusting that he'll, he knows what he's doing. Sure. And he'll open some doors moving on. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, 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 you know, that's, that's really basically it. Uh, none of us uh, are sure, mm -hmm. you know, are as sure of ourselves as we think we are. Uh, because God is, he is in, in control of the story, you know. Um, but I think that's why a calling is so different from a career. And they parallel, you know, for those of us who really trust God, you know, to write our story, they parallel. But, you know, a calling is so different, you know, from a career because in a calling, you know, you don't get to choose, mm -hmm. you know, pretty much. You know, yeah. you don't get to open the door. Yep. You have to use your feet. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to use your hands. Yes. Yep. But but you don't get to open the door. Lord, you, know? you were just being obedient. Yeah. But the calling is there. Yeah. I, I love that distinction because I think you're right. We absolutely, and there's the temptation maybe for our engineering students now or just for all of us that our career becomes our calling. Yeah. And we kind of get them backwards. Mm -hmm. Our calling is to follow God obediently and faithfully. And he'll move us through different careers or in yeah. certain places. Absolutely. Huh. I love that a lot. That's awesome. Okay, so we just talked about this difference between calling and career. You, it was clear that God had called you to follow him, to be a preacher, to minister, and a minister of the word. Now your career is in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little about that. Most of us have never lived in New York. I've never been to New York. It's on my bucket list. So tell me what the last five years in Brooklyn have been like. So I tell you this. Coming out of rural Longview, Texas, to, <laughs> to to urban church, urban oh, city man. church in in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, I was dumbfounded. I yeah. mean, I was uh, I was probably more lost, I lost more in in New York than I was in my first semester. So, so as, as awkward as this felt at moments, even more so in New York. Wow. Yeah, I mean, okay. you, you're talking about you know what you see on TV about New York is what you'll experience. Really? You okay. know, people are very pushy. People are very rude. People have a short temper. Uh, and, and not only that, people are from all over the world. I mean, they're from everywhere. So that taste of international that you got here, I mean, oh, just exploded in New York. Oh, my. Okay. And, and you know, the hospitality of the South mm -hmm. 
is not the same, you know, in the North. And so you think about that. Um, uh, I, I don't, I can't think of the author who said culture is king. Mm -hmm. uh, for, forgive me for that. That's all right. But but normally, you know, what, from what I experienced, because culture is king, you know, those the, the, the culture that people take on outside of the church is what they bring In the inside church. the church. And me not being from this culture, yep. I'm bringing my southern hospitality yeah. to a northern culture. culture. And so uh, it, it took me uh, being willing to be myself in that culture, okay. you know, and okay. be the difference maker, okay. you know, in that particular church. Uh, in Brooklyn, you know, well, you're asking me to bring my warmth here mm -hmm. rather than to become a New Yorker and yeah. all that that yeah. means. Yeah, I, I'm. You actually want me to be different. Yeah. In this setting. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I and once I started, you know, recognizing people, calling their names, uh, you know, just giving them a call, showing them that they matter, you know, yeah. because you could walk in New York on the street and try to speak to somebody, and they keep going. You know, Ignore, like as if you weren't even there. As, as if, I mean, why are you speaking to me? You right. know, and so totally different culture. You know, it's like people are always on edge. And God uh, allowed me uh, to bring a different flavor okay. uh, to that. But I'll tell you that New York, um, you know, it's a place that's big on social activism. Okay. Um, you know, uh, protest after protest after protest. I, you know, I've never seen so many people have to fight for things. You know, and that's what... Uh, that, that was a big difference that stood out to me. In, in Longview, I didn't see that much. Right. I was a part of uh, different uh, ministry coalitions here. Okay. Yep, yep. Uh, we would, you know, try to bring uh, certain public servants into our meetings and we talk yeah. about things. But it was not like a big call to action and protest right. like New York. Right. In, in New York, you know, I had members who experienced a lot of poverty. Um, you know, they couldn't get maintenance on their uh, in their homes. I mean. Uh, you, you have a lot of people who were struggling there. Uh, outside of all the beauty of New York, when you think about the Statue of Liberty, right. Empire State Building, Times Wall Square, Street, and all this Wall money, Street, right? Yep. Uh, that was not the reality, you know, right. where many people were, you know. Actually, and so yeah. the community I served in was uh, Brownsville, Brooklyn. Okay. Uh, you know, a, a rich uh, a community with a rich history, uh, but a lot of struggling, struggling people. Um, and uh, just trying to figure out, you know, how to catch up. I felt like for for the first three years I was playing catch up because again, coming out of the rule, yep, I didn't yep. have a community. Yeah, you're just trying to adapt you know? and figure it out, and all of your energy spent doing that. Yeah. Okay. And so now, um, you know, now I have a community. I walk out the front door of the church. You know, it's an apartment building. Out the apartment building. You know. Not a rural uh, town. It's yeah. not farmland. You know, it's actual pe people. Yeah, people walking, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. But 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 we, we made some great chemistry there. You know, okay. we had this ministry uh, uh, at the church called Community Corners. And, okay. and what we would do every Wednesday, okay. you know, we would uh, give people job applications, housing oh, applications. Okay. Uh, we would offer prayer with people. Okay. Uh, we would uh, share with them opportunities at our church, you know, our worship services. And how do we meet practical needs, so jobs? How do we meet spiritual needs, praying? Mm -hmm. And then how do we invite them to be part of this community that yeah. will love them and walk through life with them? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and that became a beautiful, a beautiful uh, way to touch people. Because one thing about New York, people are always walking. Okay. They're always going somewhere. It's hard to stop them. Mm -hmm. But if you get their attention, you know, uh, uh, if, you, if you have the right bait, 
Okay. You know, yep. they, they, they will jump on the hook. Okay. Uh, and, uh, you know, we were, we were able to do that uh, up until the, uh, the the pandemic, you know, okay. uh, stopped So that. up until last spring, mm -hmm. you guys were, that was part of your ministry? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and New York, uh, you know, I, I still, you know, continue to preach. Okay. Um, and so the Lord never cut that off, you know, okay. as he started allowing me to share in the national settings, uh, moving to New York. Uh, God also raised my preaching profile. Mm -hmm. You know, I started traveling even more. Oh, wow. and, and that's even the story to Kentucky. Okay. You know, before the pandemic, uh, that God allowed me to, uh, uh, to preach in a setting. Okay. And uh, the pastor that I just followed uh, in Lexington, Kentucky, happened to be in the audience. Wow. So yeah. yet another story another where story. you had an opportunity yeah. and there was somebody listening. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. You know, uh, the pastor that I followed, he was there in the audience when I was preaching. And um, this was another uh, shaking in my boots opportunity here mm -hmm. uh, because it was two speakers that day and I was the last speaker. And so, uh, and you know how it is if you're following somebody yep. who really does well. Yep. And then you're next. You go, oh you know, no! You know, <laughs> right. Yeah, the bar is high. The expectations are high. Right. Either that, or your audience is tired, and yeah. you've got these double this double challenge. And you're trying to figure okay. out, you know, what yep. what do you do? And so, um, you know, it was there in um, you know Columbus, Ohio. You know, I'm preaching now in Columbus, Ohio, and all these ministers are together in one setting. And um, you know, I give the closing sermon for the day, wow. and I, I meet uh, the pastor from Kentucky. Uh, they asked us all to uh, take a group picture on the stage. Oh, he comes, okay. to, he comes to stand right by me, and it is not at that moment that we exchange information. Okay. Uh, but most of the preachers were staying at the same hotel. Okay. So we went to uh, lunch, uh, uh, you know, at different places. Okay. Somehow God allowed me and the pastor from Kentucky to arrive at the hotel at the same time. Wow, so you've been at different places for lunch, mm -hmm. and just the timing, God worked it out perfectly. Yeah. So you guys run into each other, meet each other in the lobby. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, and, and from there, you know, uh, he invited me to, uh, to come to Kentucky to okay. preach okay. Uh, church anniversary for them oh, wow. uh, as they were celebrating 139 years, oh, uh, not knowing that uh, when he would uh, ask me to be uh, their speaker a year in advance, okay. that he would be retiring, the church would be uh, looking for a pastor. pastor. Okay. And so, you know, it was mm -hmm. it was at that point where I had to at least submit my information okay. yep. uh, to be considered. Yep. Um, but I was already on, no. on to preach yeah. for them. You, know? you were known to the congregation. You were known to this pastor. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, you know, if, if we didn't know that God was orchestrating things, we'd say the stars aligned. But God just worked out all the pieces perfectly yeah. to where you had faithfully served in New York for four years. You were preaching. This pastor was getting ready to retire, even though you said he didn't quite know that yet. Mm -hmm. And you got to come preach at this anniversary. I mean, that's just amazing to see all those pieces come together in a way that if you and I were to sit down and say, okay, Rodney, let's figure out how to orchestrate your life. Like, mm -hmm. we'd never do that. Right. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and the only thing I could say is that, um, you know, my call has led my course. You know, if I had to just define it in a nutshell, you know, my call has led my course and, and it's, it has been amazing. And, and my blessing is, you know, that God has blessed me to have a very supportive wife, you know, to move around the
the country to travel and speak yeah. to to be a student and a pastor and a dad and a husband yeah like she just she's seen that calling on you i guess yeah and she said hey rodney i'm with you yeah and and i tell you this you know uh you know i'm still pursuing that master's degree uh, I have slowed down a little bit, okay. you know, with yep. uh, traveling and trying to get used to a new culture, yeah. uh, the pressure with pandemic, uh, all of that, you know, watching my children struggle yeah. through this pandemic, yep. uh, it, it's really been different. But I tell you that, you know, God has proven himself to be faithful mm -hmm. over and over again. Uh, you know, just to share some things that God has been doing in my life, you know, I've, I've remained a preacher. Okay. I've been blessed to be a pastor. Okay. I've been blessed to be a traveling evangelist. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, recently I've done some songwriting. Okay. And uh, I'm an independent artist. Okay. And I have two uh, single projects out there. Wow. Uh, a song entitled He's Sweet, I Know. Okay. And in the pandemic, uh, I uh, released this song entitled Make Sure, a recording that I did in wow. New York. And uh, I've sung on a few um, projects for other people. So New York really you know, opened Open up some doors some, some doors musically that I didn't know would open. Yeah. So, I mean, so God has just been super faithful and I'm, I'm happy to have landed in uh, Lexington, Kentucky. Okay. Yep. And, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping uh, that with 11 years of uh, pastoring, 11 years of marriage, 16 years of preaching, that God will, you know, at, at some point, you know, say, okay, I'm gonna let you grow here yeah. for a little while. Right. This, this is where I want you to plant some roots for a while. Yeah. yeah. I hope so too. I, I know I've, I've wrestled through that even in, I'm in my mid thirties with a young family and like, Lord, I really want to be faithful, faithfully serve somewhere, both in a church and a community and a job. Mm -hmm. So I hope he does give you that. Um, as we wrap up the song that you wrote during the pandemic, what's the, what's sort of the message of the song? So, um, to share with people in the midst of all that. So, you know, I think that, um, our world, the, the title of the song is make sure, um, make sure that Christ is lifted up is the mm -hmm. message. Uh, mm -hmm. But I couldn't write that as a song title, make sure Christ <laughs> is lifted, lifted up. up. It's quite, so, quite a mouthful, right? So it's uh, make sure. Okay. And um, as, as I see the, the world or the era that we're called to minister to, uh, I don't wanna say it's biblically, we live in a biblically illiterate culture. Mm -hmm. um, but we do live in a culture that has somewhat walked away yeah, uh, from, from the truth of scripture, uh, walked away from Christ, or they're trying to paint their own picture of Christ. Uh, and so this song has a, has a groove to it, okay. you know, but what I'm doing with it is, um, you know, it's putting a hymn in place, uh, lift him up, lift him up till he speaks from eternity. Okay. And Christ said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. And so, yeah. you know, my, my message is, you know, we, we, we live in a world where people, you know, want to reject Christ, marginalize Christ, but hey, mm -hmm. uh, I'm still responsible to, to lift Christ up. Oh, but it's, it's such a groovy uh -huh. song. Yep, yep. Uh, this is a song with a, with a little uh, beat to it, so okay. you just have to listen to the words to really see. But I, the, the, the part of the groove is just to get people into yeah. kind of the hook. Yeah, it's it's the job applications on the street on Wednesday. Yeah, um, it's it's the hook that gets them in, and then I hope you listen to the words. Yeah, oh, I love that. And what a good, I mean, what a, a, a timely message because I think you're absolutely right. There, there's the, the double temptation: either we walk away from Christ or we create him in our own image. Mm -hmm. What do we want Christ to do? 
But our calling is let's lift up who Christ is and let him attract people. Sure. That's not our job. Our job is just to be faithful to lift him up. Yeah. I love that. Well, Rodney, thanks for sharing with me. Thanks for your faithfulness. Thanks for your love and your commitment to your calling. And thanks for testifying to a God who's faithful because he absolutely is. And it's been fun to, to hear your story. So thanks for sharing with me this morning. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Rodney. What an encouraging conversation that was with Rodney McFarland. I hope you were encouraged. I certainly was. I love this idea of our career and our calling are separate. And if you've been through Laterno and you've been through our, our, our conversations about the theology of vocation, you'll get some of that in our conversation. And I love how that has shaped Rodney moving forward. So, so grateful for his time um, and the time I got to spend with him last week. I do want to point him to, or point you to his song, Make Sure. I have so enjoyed listening to this on Spotify over the last week. And I, I love the genesis of it. It's, it's this, this calling in the midst of COVID-19 and all that the last year has entailed to make sure that we're lifting high Christ, not ourselves, not anyone else, but we're making sure to lift high our Savior, Jesus. So I hope you'll check out that, uh, that in your favorite song app and take a listen. Um, really do enjoy listening to it. It was fun to sit down with Rodney. Well, want to remind you of a couple of things Again, for those of you who graduated in December 2019 or in May 2020, we're so excited to finally get to celebrate you in Belcher in a graduation ceremony this May. Saturday, May 8th, your graduation's at 2 p.m. But remember, you have to RSVP to us by March 25th in order for us to be prepared for you to take part and for us to get tickets to you for your guests and that sort of thing. So check out letu.edu slash graduation to find out more about that. And... Um, and take a look there. Feel free to call our office or reach out if you have any questions at all. And we will let you know more about it. If you are an alumni, even if you didn't graduate those times, but you know alumni who graduated in December 2019 or May 2020, please shoot them a text message. Give them a phone call. Reach out to them and let them know. We are doing our best to get on the phone and through email and social media to let people know about this. But we just want to make sure everyone has the opportunity to be a part if they can be. Lastly, the last thing I want to uh, remind you about and share with you is that we do have these two concerts coming up in April. I hope you'll join us for these. Sandy Patty will be here on the evening of Wednesday, April 14th, and We Are Messengers will be here on Saturday, April 17th. It's going to be a great night, um, and so I hope you'll, you'll come out if you're in our area. Remember, there are some discounted tickets still left at 25 and 30% discounts, so check those out. Give our office a call. Give the Belcher Center a call if you have any questions at all. Well, it's always my joy to be with you. It's always my joy to sit down with our alumni and get to hear their story. I really, truly believe that one of the greatest resources God has given this university is the amazing stories that he's given our alumni that show his faithfulness and, and those and our alumni walking through life, both the hard times and the easy times, and just seeking the Lord through that and following him in that. So I always, my heart is always that these alumni conversations would be an encouragement to you. I want to remind you that we have an entire season from the fall, both here on Facebook and on the podcast. So search for LETU Alumni Conversations in your favorite podcast app. And we've now done a few episodes this spring. In two weeks' time, I'll be sitting down with David Eaton, our other guest from last week's Day of Prayer, for a conversation with him in which we wrestle with resurrection and restoration and relationships and the challenges that he faces in the ministry that he does with Axis, as well as some really fun stories from his time here. At Laterno University. Well, that's it for today. 
As always, I hope that you will continue to seek to be God's hands and feet in every workplace and every nation, giving glory to God and loving your neighbors well, whether it's your uh, engineering a part that's going to go on a, a car, whether you're loving your family, whether you're serving in full-time ministry, whether you're a salesman and you're trying to get the best product to the people who need it at the best price. I just pray, we pray for you and we lift you up frequently. Pray that you will continue to pursue God. See him faithful as you faithfully hold on and press into him. Well, until next time, I wish you all the best and I can't wait to be with you in two weeks. Take care and God bless. This episode of Alumni Conversations has been brought to you by Laterna University's Alumni Relations Office, connecting over 25,000 alumni around the world. Find out more by visiting www.letu.edu forward slash alumni. Thank you.